and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm so pleased you are able to join me this uninspiring evening. Wondering why it's uninspiring? Well, it is quite simple. We are at the kingdom's, no, the world's greatest alchemy fair. And it is littered with this pedestrian trash called Technologics. This drivel reeks of the workings of the bard and his foolish tales. Last year's alchemy was pure, and the intention was to better the king and his kingdom. Now it is all about improving the lives of the riffraff. More hygienic washing areas? Pfft, what a waste of time and resources. A potion of manic acid would achieve a cleaning percentage of 100%. 100% of everything. You still seem somewhat perplexed by the situation. Do not worry, as I will use my scrying sense to peer into the world of the technologics to prove that my alchemy is superior. As we are not in my lab, we are limited to viewing Ramble Shamble. Good day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ramble, Ramble Shamble. Today, we will be joined once again by my co-host, Mackie. Good day, all. With the new year, there are a lot of interesting things that caught my attention over the Christmas holiday and also at the beginning of the new year. But probably one of the most exciting things for me nowadays is... Something that actually only developed in the last couple of years. But Mackie, before we get to that, what is something that comes around every single year that generally just tends to hype you up and get you amped for life? I don't mean like a holiday or anything like that, but an event around the world that <laughs> that happens every year. Well, I know this it, is off the cuff, but no, you know, no, that, that that's a very yeah. good question because. There's a lot of things that excite me in general, but like, especially on a certain event, like I, since being in the UK, I've, I've attended gaming events and that kind of stuff. And it really does depend on the year itself. Like I don't have a consistent kind of year by year thing saying, oh, this is going to be the crap. This is going to be so awesome. Besides saying Christmas with the family, because I know during that time, I know we talked about Christmas, but it's past now. But it's also again, it's approaching, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it. But basically, it's <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's generally doing those kind of family events. So I'm hoping to visit my family during the April time, and during that time, I know my my family that do a, an amazing lamb leg of lamb on a on a nice barbecue, or how we South Africans like to call it, a broy. And that's the, that's the kind of thing that really just gets me so amped because I know it's going to be a fun family time amazing delicious tasty food that makes your mouth want to water but and besides that like i don't i don't see like many events that say oh this is the event this this is coming up besides like the common ones like may the 4th like that you know is going to happen <laughs> yourself your turn. yeah well um first of all first of all i thought you were going to say something about like i don't know some kind of a car exhibition because i know that you're you're really into things like Top Gear and all of those kinds of things. Uh, well, 
like techy things, you know, mm, mm, because you're mm. you're you're an engineer and a tech nerd. But ouch, <laughs> I I myself, <laughs> I I myself, I think the thing that I look forward to the most is probably, geez, what's it called now? It's it's the big gaming convention that happens every year. Insomnia. Uh, geez, the gaming awards. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's where they have all the trailers for the new games and such. Oh, uh, no. We we have Rage, Rage Expo. Yes, Expo here in South Africa. I've been to Rage Expo once here in South Africa, and it wasn't quite as I expected it to be. And that's just because of the fact that there's so many people that go to those kinds of things that you end up being like just one little piece of debris inside this current or wave that flows around <laughs> the uh, the exhibition hall. And for me, I, I, I didn't really like that. But all of the individual places inside the exhibition hall really excited me. And I found that those to be really worthwhile. But there's there's one specific convention in the US that I I genuinely Las Vegas. Yeah. Well not this specific one. E3. That's oh, the one. Oh yes, E3. E3. I think it's electronics, entertainment, and I don't <laughs> I I've forgotten what the other one is. It's Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah, E3. But um, a couple of years ago, E3 was shut down. I think it was largely driven by COVID, but also because those kinds of events were just kind of becoming a lot more gatekeeper-like because um, it, it had to do with the rise of influencer culture, which is something that I'm not really a big fan of. Because of influence culture, they were trying to get all the influencers from around the world to attend the event instead of it being like a open day ticket for anyone in the public. And I think that that didn't sit well with a lot of people. So there was a lot less support in 2019. And then with COVID that came around, it just tanked that, that entire thing. But I think it's coming back now and I'm excited about that. Uh, the those kind of gaming conventions like i've been to one now since they are a little bit more frequent here in the uk and in yeah. some cases i don't quite enjoy them too much funny enough mainly because those game events like you say you feel like you're a wave in the ocean but at the same time i, I feel the like the, like you say the stance itself and the technology is really impressive and, and i really do enjoy it don't get me wrong however the the kind of the outside those stands there it's just very lackluster to me because they hire this amazing big convention center but at the same yeah. time it's not really catering for the public to find like appropriate seating area uh food area toilet area they they kind of do the bare basics over there saying okay they, they, they all sort themselves out do very well with the stands itself i really enjoy that but like when i was going i think it was in somia people were sitting on the floor and trying to eat their very oily french fries and it was just huh. like a it was like a bit of a grimy experience like part of me says i don't want to go to that if that's just going to be the case because i was hoping to get there and be a typical drink stand food stand and appropriate area where you can just chill sit down and speak to people but it doesn't seem like that's that's on their kind of cage at all and i remember my one friend who 
in those those gaming things, you can like bring your your personal PC or laptop, gaming laptop, and you can compete against other people on a land site. And it's, that sounds like an awesome idea. However, you have to like stay at your specific table, or there's a sleeping area, so you have to erect a tent. And I can't imagine myself being too uh, excited to be sleeping on a like an uncomfortable bed and trying to play on my laptop or PC, making sure no one else messes with it. Ugh, just it's just a lot of hassle, and I feel like uh maybe <laughs> like uh, you would have to. I'll have to do it with like a good amount of friends who have like the equipment ready, kind of like the tents and all that kind of stuff. But even then, I would get so sick and tired of like, like that fatty food. I'm a, I'm a yeah. person of culture, apparently. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I was never one for those kinds of LAN parties either, where you spend like three or four days yeah. inside an event. You, you basically take your entire rig with you and mm-hmm. set up over there. And you like basically camp inside the, the stadium area. And for me, that's like a total waste of my own time. Yeah. But just because I'm not the type of person that, can spend even three hours gaming without feeling like I need to do something else. And that's just because <laughs> I don't do I don't do anything for that long. You know, I love gaming and it's one of my biggest passions, but I can't do it that long, dude. No yeah. ways. Yeah. But anyway, that is tangential to our topic of today, which is the most exciting tech of 2023. Woo. And yeah, for for this purpose, I did ask you to look up CES 2023 and all of the highlights. For anybody that doesn't know, that is the consumer electronic show that happens in Las Vegas every single year. Las Vegas. <laughs> Viva! But anyway, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> this year was a doozy. So, yeah, the three topics that I asked you to look for, or the three items that I wanted you to look at or choose within was the most interesting technology, the most ambitious, and your personal favorite. Okay, so are you ready? As ready as I can be, apparently. Are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? No, because I feel like you're going to find holes in my one. So yeah, that's (laughs) the point of our show, eh? just to see who is the victor. Yep. Okay. So do you want to start off or do you think I should start off? I can start off. Which one should I start off first? Because you have three topics and categories, and you haven't specified which one should come first. I, I actually think that you can choose. You can you can freely so choose. I'm, I'm going to be a lenient host today. Oh, I can tell. Well, I think it's it's always best to kind of start off on the most ambitious inventions. And just out of clarity, are we going to strictly focus on the items or the devices that were kind of just displayed on the CES kind of convention site? Or do we do we still can we still expand beyond that? Like CES can be our base, but we can expand beyond that. You're you're very welcome to expand. I just thought that um because CES does show a lot of the technology that will be coming out this year, it also has a nice smattering of concept like concept models and prototypes as well. So I thought that that might be, yeah, a good launch pad. I stuck gotcha. with CES because um, it's, it's just something that I've been looking, to, looking into quite a lot, but you can freely decide. 
Okay, so my most ambitious CES device that I was very blown away was the VR muzzle. <laughs> this muzzle okay. allows you to play your VR gaming device while having something over your mouth where you can freely talk, but no one around you can hear you speak. Ooh. And what does this muzzle look like, you may ask? It literally looks like a thing that goes over your eyes. A nice uh, cylinder that goes right over your mouth and it looks very uncomfortable. And I believe it's going to be the most ambitious device ever made in the world. I'm sorry, this was a sarcastic jab to this advice being displayed on the CES <laughs> display thing. Because I have to say, that was the most, that, that's literally the dumbest adventure I've ever seen in my entire life where this person's like put this like cylinder over their mouth and obviously speaking so that they're not bothering everyone around them. But I have to say, this device looks very uncomfortable and I don't see the purpose of it. But jokes aside, my most ambitious technology device but wait wait before you before you carry on dude like wouldn't that be the best scam ever oh, like 100%. We, we've, we've we've talked about scams in the past but oh, that is actually like the best sales scam ever because you can tell everybody <laughs> that you have this perfect sound cancelling uh, device but actually you're saying nothing they can't see they can't prove that you're actually speaking yeah but even then like why would you need a, a muzzle on your mouth for vr Unless you're playing the duck VR chat medium. On the but train. Come on, man, seriously. <laughs> the amount of stuff oh, you'll have I, to take I have, I have the perfect use case for this, right? So this device, this uh, VR muzzle, would be best suited for people who really spend a long time on the toilet. And there's like a whole row of porta potties, like at a festival or something. Uh, like... Let's say you decide that you're going to go check out some music festival and after a while uh, like people start getting drunk and you know you know how those things turn up and you don't want to have the most miserable you don't want people to have miserable experiences while going to the toilet but you also know that some people can't hold like literally hold their shit together when they uh, when they go to those kinds of events and they might spend a long time on the porta potty and maybe they just want to have a little bit of fun while they while they're there having a dump so you give them this vr muzzle and you have them play a game yeah it'll, it'll be a pretty costly service i can guarantee you that but you don't want people who are spending time on the toilet for so long to be disturbing each other i mean there are already enough sounds going around inside those porta potties so you give them a muzzle it's it's always pretty it's it's really awkward at least for me when i go to a public bathroom and someone starts talking to me now imagine that if you're in a porta potty hearing disturbing noises coming from next door okay so i agree with what you say but this vr muzzle is obviously connected to the vr headset and most vr headsets besides the one that they displayed at the ces are fixed ah, to their yes. house or home now this yes, muzzle but now you're you're letting a spoiler okay no 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 uh, okay let me go to my ambitious because this may i don't want to steal okay. a potential idea okay so my most <laughs> ambitious event well, what i deem quite ambitious invention would have to be the uscan device i'm sure Jotun, do you know the uscan device that was displayed in, at the ces yes but i thought it was probably the stupidest device there before you mentioned again the other one carry on <laughs> 
Okay, so while I say it's ambitious, so for people who don't know, they can look it up. But basically, this U-Scan device, you would attach it to the inside of your toilet and you would directly pee on this device. And this pee, this device will then take a sample of your urine and do medical tests on it. So they will try to determine if there's any existing diseases, any issues, maybe you need to eat more salt, food, diet, and that kind of stuff. So why I say it's ambitious is that that's quite a very, like it's something that has not really been taken taken account for ready in the, in the world of inventions because we often try to focus on the medical once person's in the medical center. But this one's at your yeah. phone, at your home, and you physically just have to pee on it. And it can give you quite, say, initial testing results. Now, I don't say that this is a completely foolproof invention. I actually think there's a lot of issues to it, and I'm sure Jotun's going to point it out. Is One of them is obviously, this thing's not going to last forever. You're going to have to replace this thing every so often. And depending on the level of testing, those, those results can be, mis- uh, I would say, misinterpreted in a lot of different ways because not everyone is going to understand what they see in their results and if this were to be a mainstream invention that goes out everywhere it's gonna will that then need to would that replace a doctor's sick note because you can say according to my urine scan it says i'm not sleeping enough i need to now take this day off because i my urine says that i need to sleep more eat better and i need to take one day of rest and yeah that replace the doctor's note but why I say it's ambitious, because if they were to get this thing kind of working, this could revolutionize our way of eating, our health in the daily's way and etc. Because in that way, you would edit right then there, take a t- take a piss on it. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> um, and just kind of say initially, where am I right now? Do I need to go to a doctor? Like will the device tell me on a watch or myself and saying, we see that there's something hidden we're not quite sure what it is. Please go to a doctor to verify. Find out that there's early case uh, scans of cancer. Get, take it out before it gets anything worse. Boom. I think that's incredibly ambitious. But yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of ifs to that device, I have to say. Yeah. So I don't I don't actually think this, that this was one of the stupidest things at TES. But mm-hmm. I do think that th- this is actually what I chose for the most interesting. And ah. I think that the re- I think the reason why it's the most interesting is because it's it's really something that I would never have think that uh, never have thought has a practical use case in the real world. Agreed. And th- look, I think that it has a lot of potential for really benefiting uh, everyday society and especially for health enthusiasts because. Like Mackie said, this it monitors your hydration, your nutrition, metabolism, vitamin levels, ovulation, menstruation, uh, pH balance, ketones mm, in mm. your blood. It's, I mean, it's just such a comprehensive thing. But, jeez, I don't know how the hell they made this thing. Like, <laughs> you, because you you mean to leave this thing inside of your toilet permanently? I don't think so. No, no, but I think that that's how they designed it. Possibly, yeah. So, like, it'll have to be able to recognize whether the the particles going inside of the system have to do with feces or pee, first of all. And then, second, like, granted, it'll be a bit difficult to poop on the thing. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you're going for a poop, 
you would be able to take yeah. uh, unlatch it. But if you were going for a pee, then you would latch it and take a piss. Because it doesn't make sense that you would keep it in like that. So there's going to be obviously yeah. instructions saying that if you are going to do a, a crap, we recommend that you don't keep it in there because it can affect results. But if you're taking a piss, yeah. please attach it and then take a piss at it. But that's why I say in the long term, because how many times can you piss on this thing before the filters start getting corrupted? Because urine is incredibly yeah. acidic and corrosive. So at one point, yeah. you're going to have to need to replace the outer casing as well as the filters. It's basically there. bleach. Exactly. Like it, I believe that the Romans actually used pee as bleach. But there's, there's a lot of unwanted things. So the filters, because they will have to filter to some extent. Yeah. those filters are going to need to be replaced so I again I don't know how this thing actually works in the real world if they have a if they can remove the outer casing remove that inside thing put in a new thing then attach the outer yeah. casing again but that, that's 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 what I agree with you is that distinguishment but because if I keep it in there because I take a piss and I say I don't want to take this out now my friend or my family member comes in and takes a piss and they pee on that by accident now we got conflicting results yeah. here because now we got Oh man, you 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 cleared up what quite well from that <laughs> last time you beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that complication, but then, um, as you're saying, the the lifespan of this product probably wouldn't be as long as any consumer would actually want. Mm-hmm. But I think, in terms of all the complications that would actually come about from the readings, because when you use this kind of a device. And when you do anything with regards to monitoring your health, you actually need to first establish the baseline levels for your body. Agreed. So, for example, I, I, I'm i not the biggest of men. I'm, I don't think that my body produces as much testosterone as it could. And that has to do with my, my lifestyle. But maybe I'm wrong. I do a, a lot of cardio. So... I think that a lot of my body's repair mechanisms and rebuilding of tissue goes towards whatever I break down while doing cardio. Whereas someone like you, or not a nerd, might focus mainly on upper body training. And so it's not that I might have less testosterone, but that your guy's testosterone doesn't need to work down or work on building up cardio damage the whole time. But let's just say that I have less testosterone. Now, even though you're on another side of the world, if I were to pee on my pee device, my, what's it called? U-scan. U-scan. My U-scan. And you peed on your U-scan, you might get a reading of like three times as much testosterone as I do because Mm. I exercise every day. You might not exercise every day, but there might just be a lot more free-flowing testosterone in your pee. And so for me, it might read that my testosterone levels are perfectly fine. But you, you have some kind of a gonad problem because you have way too much <laughs> testosterone in your pee, you know, but uh. that's not the case. So any doctor will say to you, uh, we need to just monitor things for like a couple of weeks or a month mm, or something mm, mm. Um, so we can establish your baseline. But for me, all that that would mean as a consumer is there's less time uh, during which this product can actually tell me information that I'm interested in. But where I do agree with you about this being ambitious is that ideally the producers of this product want to have it so that you no longer need to go to the doctor in order to get this kind of information. 
culture. But I think that that is extremely ambitious because that's basically trying to cut out the the middleman of having a doctor. And I think that we have too much of a society that has going to the doctor and wanting an authority figure to give you your info ingrained in us. And I don't think that it's possible for us as of yet to get away from that kind of professional service. No, 100%. Yeah. And that's why I say that I don't think that they would replace doctors, but it'll be a, a good indication of like, see where you are and yeah. see if there's anything that maybe you need to go get checked out. Hey, there's something that we yeah. see in your urine. We recommend you go check it out. And boom. Where, where it definitely will help is that doctors are very busy people and it's very difficult for them to do all of the possible tests on you that can be done. But this oh, thing can do them all. So even if even if it's like it only picks up 20% of the measure of an actual condition, that is still enough to indicate to you that, like you're saying, go to a doctor. This could be a problem. Mm. But anyway, I think we've talked enough about P for one day. <laughs> I'm going to give you my most ambitious one. Okay. And it is definitely the iVision D by BMW. Okay. Okay. I know that one. So the, the, the iVision D is a concept car that was released by BMW and it has to do with basically being a very awesome chameleon, right? <laughs> so this car is completely surrounded and coated in uh, e-ink. E-ink is a type of smart technology that has adaptable colors that can show on the outside. It's commonly, mm -hmm. well not commonly quite yet, but it's used inside of some displays uh, on the outside of laptops or iPads or something like, not iPads, but tablets in general. And basically, this is a color-changing car that can change its outside color. But what makes it really interesting for me is that the D stands for Digital Emotional Experience. And basically, this car is kind of wanting to t turn into what's a KIF from Knight Rider. They want this car to be able to have an emotional relationship with you, or, or the other way around, rather. And... What excites me about this as a gamer is that there's a heads up display on the inside of the car, which can tell you things like your speed and such, but it can also give you directions on your windshield. And that's just, that's just freaking awesome, dude. Like it even has an avatar that pops up on the inside of this thing. So it's, it's pretty interesting and I think very ambitious because it's basically giving you a helper inside the car as well. But where I don't think it's going to win a lot of points is with the self-driving aspect of it. And that's just because I'm not a big believer in self-driving automation in general, you know. Because for me, I, I think I, I say this to everybody that I talk to about like AI and cars. And that's just that we have too much of an idea or association of cars being the ticket 
to our freedom. And so anything that takes away our own agency in driving the car, I don't think is going to happen. People enjoy driving too much. And that, for me, that's just a thing. Like if I buy something, I, I want to be able, to, I want to be the one using it. I don't want an automated car. And I think that the Western world is just like that. Your thoughts? So, <laughs> this car has got me so conflicted on both ends. But I'm more leaning towards it being a dumb invention. Or not an invention intended to be mainstreamed or to kind of distribute to the rest of the world. Why I say that, which I, again, I'm not saying that it is fixed. Why I say that is, and I agree with you, it is very ambitious. However, that that windscreen heads-up display, I've seen one of the kind of reviews of it and that kind of stuff where when you enter the, the car and you have your windscreen display, I agree with you. I think that's awesome to have your speedometer and all those things on the front and even having an avatar that you can interact with. However, what I don't like is that that heads-up display is also incredibly distracting. Why I say that is that you can turn that inside, that windscreen, into a virtual environment. So say you drive around and you get very used to the buildings you come across, the, the trees, and you're a bit bored. And one of their mottos for that car was enter the metaverse, the metaverse. And you'd get in the car and it would obviously scan the environment and put a display over so that you can have a more supernatural or more an exotic experience. So you have like these cherry blossom trees that replace this old dead tree that you drive past quite often that have petals flowing away from it. You have this amazing mountain that now replaces this house or that kind of thing. So it alters the outside to be something that's a little bit more interesting for you to observe. So again, it's a plus in terms of, hey, I'm now interested in driving around. However, that's a huge negative because we already have issues about people <laughs> getting distracted while driving. And I can just imagine someone driving along and then their display shows this like really cool, say like robot that you're like, oh yes, I love this kind of theme. So you have this theme of this giant robot, uh, like w- not necessarily walking across the street, but like standing on the side and you're busy looking at that. And while someone, as you can attest in South Africa, decides to walk, run across the street, now you're looking at this thing, turning your head to the left and not focusing on what's ahead of you. Another cool feature mm-hmm. about this this thing is that, say someone, say you get pulled, uh, you want to speak to someone, but you don't want them to see you inside the car. So you can replace, you can put an avatar on your driver's window. So basically they will speak and talk to your character as an avatar. So obviously your voice comes through, but the, the person outside sees is an avatar. Now that, when I mentioned this to my, some of my work colleagues, they said that, you know, that would be so abused because think of the people who would be on drugs or think of a kid that takes their dad's car and they see this their dad's avatar right there and who's going to judge them now? <laughs> you got kids driving cars everywhere. Which again, maybe girl freedom. But at the same time, I agree with you. Incredibly ambitious, but I don't see this being released to the public. Like, like even the maintenance on this kind of car is going to go way beyond just a simple mechanic. You're going to need some like encoders and uh, people who can alt- uh, replace these uh, gadgets to change all this stuff. So uh, agreed, very ambitious. But I don't know. I, I just didn't like it that much. Like I, it was like what my work colleague said. 
It was just like a like this is what we can do kind of gadget. Not necessarily a gadget to be sold sold to the public. It's like look look what we can do situation. And uh, I feel like but Mackie, it's more like you mean it's like a flex. You mean not sold to the public yet. And <laughs> if you think about it, what else is the definition of ambition really? Mm, I agree, but I don't see it working, eh? I see it going to be a big ass flop. You're going to have like five people buying this car and then it just fades. I'm waiting for yeah. the cars that have like flying rockets on the side of them that like pulls you upwards and forwards. That's the kind of stuff I want to see in flying cars. Yeah. Oh, that's going to leave a lot of uh, legal problems with airspace and stuff. <laughs> 100%. And a lot more like logistical problems in terms of planning traffic lanes and things in airspace as well. Oh, true, true, true. Okay. But I've already mentioned my most interesting thing because that was the U-scan as well. Um, what was your most interesting piece of tech? So my most interesting thing is not related to what was displayed at CES. So this is something that Yotin might not even know himself. So in the year 2023... You guys can't all see me, but I'm scrunching up my eyes right now. <laughs> in the year 2023, Yotin might know this, and he probably will know this. They are busy in the works of making electric charging roads. So in the past, they tried to... The solar panel ones. N- no, no. Oh, Close, but no. So in the past, in Sweden, they had a car or a section of road where electric car could charge to charge while driving on this section of the road. By charging, they would have like a magnetic arm that would go down onto the section or this metal area along the road that would be connected to power lines and, again, charge your car while driving along the road. Basically like a bumper car. Very much so. Now, obviously, that's a problem because obviously you have to have this arm attached to the bottom of your car and then you have to make sure it's connected. And it it's, was incredibly expensive to make because the amount of construction material, the section of the road, it, it's way too expensive and way too much, too much to upkeep. So they kind of said it's a good way forward, but we're going to conclude it there. Now, in Indiana of transportation, they are developing something very interesting. Now I'm hoping that it comes maybe halfway through this year, which I think is super like, while well, this gets going, electric cars are going to be a bigger thing in the coming to the future. And that is where they're making magnetic concrete. So how they do this is that they use the, the, the recycled, they recycle disposed magnetized ferrite and they import, they they combine it with concrete. So they made their own specialized magnetic concrete, which they are in the process of making. And basically in that case, you would just have to have your electric car drive over the section of road, which is really just like a normal road. So no metal parts. And they would have, obviously they'll need to pass lines on. So it still will be a very expensive project. I'm not denying that at all, but it will also provide a really strong means of charging electric cars in that way, electric cars will be a lot more feasible, in my opinion, because one of the drawbacks for electric cars was the fact that unless you're in a first world country, driving from town to town, long distances, 
is a bit of a challenge because you have to make sure you are next to an outlet that can that you have to carry a special special kind of cable and you need to plug it in and that that was always a bit like for me why i didn't quite enjoy electric cars i know that they are better in acceleration and they can even match a lot of cars nowadays in terms of top speed however a lot of it was the point of how long can i travel before i need to charge and how long does the battery stay for but now if we have roads that can magnetize electrically power up our cars i feel that it's one step closer to cars that we have in terms of ai more convenient ways of transportation maybe we, we get rid of cars altogether and we have like these pods that we can drive uh that can take us from point a to point b and it, it provides a lot of means to kind of further the transportation industry because maybe we can have with those like magnetized ferrite road we can even have it as a a reverse polarity to the car's bottom base so then we make frictionless cars and i'm hoping that's that like one of the areas that they also think is that guys if we make this road magnetized and we have a strong enough electric magnet to repel the the whatever's on it to float dude the amount of transportation we can do not just like people but like items on frictionless magnetized roads oh my gosh i will i will say it will be incredibly fast but we would save so much on wear and tear on the roads itself as well as transporting that kind of stuff will really be a step forward to being like a really super efficient like city system having these like futuristic flying vehicles oh dude that it just gives me goosebumps more i think about it oh and that's why i know i said the, the electric charging of the cars but that magnetized ferrite road this is something that like whoa they're already making something like that <laughs> i can geek about this forever <laughs> i I think that it's definitely interesting that they are looking into magnetic tech mm, for mm. achieving those purposes. And I wouldn't expect someone who is looking towards improving something having to do with a transport system or anything like like a car or such to actually look into making their own compound or alloy kind of affair either. Yeah. So that that's quite out of the box thinking for me although i would think that the best technology or the best compound for doing that would be graphene possibly i don't i don't know why i just hear a lot of awesome stuff about graf- graphene and its conductivity its strength and durability oh, but but at the same time also its malleability and i think in terms of producing it it, it might be a bit more difficult to produce but the materials required to produce it, I think, are little. It's just that the energy expenditure to produce it is difficult. But that's, what, that's what I was about to say, is that the fact that they're using recycled, I'm saying recycled ferrite, magnetized ferrite. So ferrite is generally very magnetizable, and it's a good stepping point. I'm not saying that it's foolproof, and I agree with you, that if they can make a more durable, more malleable, and an item that can retain its magnetism a lot longer than ferrite, Boom. Is, 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 is ferrite a derivative of iron? Yeah, basically. Ah, okay. Because I was just thinking of the the, sign, the atomic symbol. Yeah. So ferrite is quite easily magnetized and can retain its magnetism quite, for quite a long time. And the fact that you use recycled magnet ferrite is a huge plus in my book because that ferrite journey is a journey tried to, it's really hard to repurpose it. 
And if we have yeah. enough of that stuff that we can make a large quantity of that concrete, that magnetized concrete, it's a good stepping point for us to kind of explore a different way of transportation. Because yeah. if they have an electric magnet attached to this thing that just supercharges these magnets, I can quite easily see that we have something that kind of, like maybe we walk and we have these shoes that are of the opposite polarity to the road. Imagine walking on something, but obviously nothing beneath you because you're floating now. How cool is that yeah. idea? I'm, I'm like, I'm blown away by that. Ugh. See, I can talk about this for ages. Dude, <laughs> screw, screw that, dude. I'm just, I'm thinking of like, finally, we're going to have hoverboards. Like, yes. we've been waiting for that kind of shit for like 30 years, 50 yes. years now. Imagine we've been promised hoverboards like <laughs> since Back to the Future, everybody. Okay. Oh. We've been working on this for 50 years. We deserve hoverboards already. And these roadways can be the ticket to that. But not even oh. that. Imagine if we just had something much more small scale, like a skate park with hoverboards. Mm, Dude, mm, mm. like, I, I, somebody should actually contact Tim Pool, um, if anybody <laughs> knows that guy, to get on this because he, he funds a lot of these kinds of things. And I think that he would really benefit from this kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, well. I think we should move on to our favorite tech for 2023. Gotcha. So yeah, let us know yours, Mackie. Okay. Uh, going straight to me again. I don't mind. Uh, I'm all warmed up. I'm excited. So you guys might think that obviously that road idea or the magnetized fair out would be my favorite idea. It's, it's definitely very interesting, but I still think it's not quite where it is to be at the stage where myself and Jotun have expectations and dreams. So that's why it's not yet my favorite. It could be. I hope it will be. But my personal favorite will have to be the space, space commercialization. So from CES, Virgin is developing ways to send people to space and not just to like, obviously they, they're trying to two different approaches. So one approach is sending people to space just for like a travel. So you go out of space and unlike what they already have, where they have like a, a means of transportation where you float and you almost break the atmosphere completely. But this one would be completely out of the Earth's atmosphere. And that is a really cool idea. But the even the, the better idea, which I implore Virgin to keep going, is that they have their own kind of like space space accommodation where you would take this shuttle to space and be able to take a short little vacation in that kind of environment for I have no idea how long, maybe it's like for two to three days. However, I do know. Space RV. Yeah. Well, the reason why I think it's such a my favorite idea because it's literally it's the final frontier, as they like to say in the sci-fi shows, and just having that ability to kind of live and well, not live, but stay in a space station and on a commercialized level, I think that's such a cool idea. However, I do know this is only for the people who have the money and able to be physically fit to to kind of withstand that kind of thing but if we get commercialization like all things like whiskey chocolates cheese no i was focused on food but i know that fact they were for the upper class and then after a while especially chocolate they found ways to commercialize and make it cheaper and make it better yeah i think i think that for the purpose of what you're saying 
that it's safe to say commercialization actually entails that it is something that at least the middle class can afford and yeah. can afford without it completely break, uh, breaking your bank. Exactly. So if, if we could compare it to holiday overseas, mm. then I think we've achieved commercialization. Yeah, agreed. And that's the thing, like, compared to a holiday overseas, like Hawaii, I can imagine, like, if you were in Hawaii, it would probably be equivalent to saying two weeks in Hawaii, but spending three days yeah. in space. I still feel like that's, yeah. that's, that's the kind of price range. And I think that's pretty decent because... Think of the amount of fuel needed to make that kind of trip. And they say that's, they try... That's ahead. as much as you spend on a cruise. Yeah. So that's worth and it. So they're, they're hoping to achieve, I can't remember the exact number. I think it's around about four trips this year alone. And hey, dude, I think this is just like a really fun idea. And I, I, I would be keen to kind of investigate, hey, how much is that going to cost me? I can imagine it's going to cost like an arm and a leg at this stage. <laughs> but like... That's virgin. So there are there also an arm, a leg, the corneas in your eyes, <laughs> a bit of your liver, your kidney. <laughs> hey, at least I want to experience some of this stuff, okay? At least they can take it after my experience. But it would really be a really cool idea. I do see there being a lot of challenges and they're gonna be super strict, which is the right thing they need to do to kind of keep this going forward. But yeah, again, stepping stone, uh, I was actually this for, from the CES, this was my favorite. This was the one that really impressed me out of all the inventions. And I really think this is like a, again, a, a, I think for very, it's my ambitious, it hits interest, but it's definitely my favorite. That hopefully is coming this year. Okay. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. I have slightly less conditional one as, or a slightly less conventional one for my favorites. Everybody might be expecting me to say something about like, the awesome 57 inch screens that can <gasps> pop like 240 hertz uh, QHD level kinds of things, or perhaps the same, but in a very small laptop, or maybe even those screens that you can fold and bend all over that are OLED uh, as well, or maybe even the like the Lenovo one that is OLED in the front and e-ink on the back. But no, everybody, I'm not going to be talking today about the 24 CPU and 32 thread laptops inside of gaming laptops or anything like that. No, today I'm going to be telling you guys about smart fridges and yes. the smart fridge that came out from Samsung. Okay, mm. now oh, this one, this, yes, this smart fridge, everybody is <clears throat> one with four doors. It's a French door fridge. And it's the first one that has a built-in display with a family hub as well. So that's 32 inches for, for this display. And it is touchscreen, right? It's touchscreen. You can get 100, basically 200 free channels for watching TV and stuff on the screen. So you don't have to break up your entertainment while you're prepping food. But not only that, everyone, this fridge can also tell you whether the items inside of your fridge are going to be expiring soon. It can give you recipes based on what it has inside of the fridge because it can recognize something like 70 or 100 different kinds of food items. It's super energy efficient. 
and it also works in tandem with other Samsung smart devices inside of your kitchen as well, such as the wall, which is also an oven and can help you prep your food, telling you when your food is ready, if it's burning, if it's still not done yet. <clears throat> so Samsung is really looking to, to up their thing. I did also want to maybe talk about the RGB fridge that was inside of CES as well. But as much as I love my beautiful RGB colors being a gamer, I think that this one has a, has much more use case practicability, practicality. And when I cut down to it at the end of the day, I'm much more of a function over form person mm-hmm. or like use over beauty kind of person. And I think that this has a lot of potential towards having a practical purpose inside of the house, especially because it has a lot of other AI things incorporated like Alexa and such as well. Sure. Yeah. Genius fridge, everyone. I like it. How are you doing? Um, another really interesting one that I, I think is really awesome about a fridge is that you can knock on one. I don't know if it's this fridge because Samsung has like three or four new fridges. But with one of them, you knock on the fridge door and it turns transparent to see what's inside. <laughs> that is a cool idea. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, smart fridges. So everyone, those are... Oh, sorry, Mackie, do you have any uh, comments about this this genius fridge? Just out of curiosity, are you looking to buy a new fridge? I, I don't think I need one right now. But I do do really want a fridge that has both a water dispenser and an ice dispenser. And Uh, currently, we only have one with a water dispenser. Dang, I'm so poor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I get it. Oh, woe is me. No, I I also think that fridge was really cool. And I agree with you, functionality over vanity all the way. Just because... Yeah. Who are you going to show your fridge off to? Seriously, guys, you can have the cruise looking fridge and the one person is going to come across and say, whoa, that's such a cool fridge. And the next time they don't, they don't, they don't mention it because it's a fridge. You buy a fridge for <laughs> functionality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I might as well just like stick RGB light strips on the edge of the fridge door. Equivalent. It'll serve me much better. Yeah. Equivalent. Yeah. Okay, everyone. So there you have your contenders for this episode. So please... Let us know what you think the winner of each category is. And we can then know whether Mackie and I are the smartest once and for all. Although I'm sure this will actually not settle that argument. (laughs) It's ongoing, as all of you can probably imagine. So for the most ambitious, we have the U-Scan from Mackie. Was that correct? Or was it the right one? That's correct. No, U-Scan. The U-Scan... from Mackie or the iVision D from me. For the most interesting, we have the roadway from Mackie mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the U-Scan for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for our favorites, we have... The uh, space commercialization. Yes, space commercialization and awesome genius bridges. So everybody, please let us know what your favorites is and share like, subscribe, all of those things. Mackie, please can you tell everybody 
about where exactly they can find us. So guys, we are on almost every podcasting platform, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Podcast Addict, if you guys are even know what that is. I've recently just found out about that. All I can think of is like someone who's doped up on uh, on like podcast info, frothing yeah. at the mouth. If yeah. I was to draw some concept art about that, it would be like noughts and zeros dribbling out <laughs> of this dude's mouth. That actually would be a cool display. It's actually, the, the overlay is not as great. But again, guys, if you really enjoyed this episode, we do appreciate you giving us a like, five star on all those different podcasts. Again, guys, if you enjoyed this, check out another podcast because we cover a range of topics and I'm sure we can always touch again on technologies that are coming our way because our world is a beautiful place and we continuously grow and evolve and that's what makes us the top of the food chain at this current stage and again guys you can interact us through discord where you can play games with us join us in the podcast even give us podcast ideas you can tell us on youtube which we all actively try to communicate as quickly and, and efficiently as possible but our discord is probably the best place to get hold of us we also have different social medias including twitter facebook instagram although again guys why talk to us on twitter when you can talk to us live discord but as well your comments are to the answers to say this particular episode and episodes before that are very important for our smaller but not any less important rap rap ramble shrapnel and Jotun is the, the king of describing what ramble shrapnel so i'll hand it back to him Yes, everyone. So Ramble Shrapnel is our shorter little playlist, also consisting of shorter episodes, where we take either our favorite response that we get from the questions for the main episodes, or perhaps something that the community upvotes enough so that we actually feel like you guys are putting enough pressure on us to actually, you know, cave in. Peer pressure is a thing. <laughs> and I guess that supporter pressure is also a thing. So please let us know what you think the, the, the best of all of the categories from today are so that we can also give like just a bit of kudos to the winner. But especially important for, for today is for anybody that is in the know, what is your favorite tech that's going to be coming out this year? Yeah. And let us know that so that we can talk about something that we don't we didn't prepare for and also so that we can see what you guys think how how can you help us to be better nerds that's what i want you to know or you you to tell us so please what what who do you think won the previous technology technology topics and what do you think is the best tech of 2023 please if you thought that this episode was amazing like amazeballs please share it's it, i know that we we say that these reviews and likes and comments are the best way that you can interact but actually the best way is sharing i i know of many people that like topics and podcasts that i listen to and i share them fervently if i think that they are good content so please if you find that this podcast is such for you and you know someone else who would be interested in the topic as well, please share. But that's it for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us about or listening about all of the awesome stuff that will be coming out this year. 
I was joined again by Mackie, my co-host. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you guys next time. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye.